In the 70s, Roger Hart conducted a study on where children felt safe to play. He focused on 86 children in a small town in North America between the ages of 3 and 12. And for this study, he followed children around, observing where they were allowed to go by themselves. And then based on the information, he made some physical maps showing where children were allowed to go by themselves with averages by the various age groups. And what he found was that children in the 70s in that small town experienced a great deal of freedom. Even children who were four and five years old traveled freely in their own neighborhoods, unsupervised. And by the time that kids were 10, most of them had the run of the entire town. And their parents were not at all worried about this. And then several years ago, Roger Hart went back to the same town in North America to study the children of the children from that first study. And what he found out floored him. When he asked these children in the new generation to show him where they could go by themselves, they just showed him their front yards and their backyards. And what's odd about this is that the crime rate in this town literally has not changed at all over the past 30 or 40 years. Neither have the demographics changed. And so what has caused this invisible leash, you know, between parent and child to really tighten so much? And what caused the circle of freedom that the children enjoyed in the 70s to also be narrowed so significantly? And Roger's heart said that the conclusion was very clear to him after he interviewed families. And the reason for this, this circle that narrowed so much is because of fear. And so the conclusion of his new study is that fear of the world outside our doors can narrow the circle of our lives. Many of us experience fear in one form or another. It might be fear of failure or fear of rejection, fear of being alone, fear of not being able to pay the bills or fear of illness or loss. This is a common experience. And right now at 10th, we are in a sermon series which is called Frail Faith, where we're going to be exploring the ways that um, fear and doubt and, and suffering might affect our faith and might lead it to become kind of weak sometimes. And so if this is your experience, if you sometimes think that you have a frail faith due to some of these challenges, then this is the right sermon series for you and know that you're not alone. Uh, last week we explored uh, the problem of doubt and today we're going to be exploring the problem of fear, how this affects our faith and how it can also narrow the circle of our lives. So let's just take a moment together to pray before we uh, look in scripture. Living God, thank you so much for each person here today. We thank you for your spirit, for your presence with us. We thank you for your word. And we pray, God, that you would open our eyes to see how great you are. Open our ears to hear your voice and open our hearts to you and your ways. And we pray all this in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. So today I'm going to be reading from Numbers 13 and 14 in the Old Testament part of the Bible. And at this time, God's people were in a wilderness or a desert. And prior to being in this wilderness, they had actually been living as slaves in Egypt for about 400 years. And God brought his people out of slavery with Moses as their leader. And they were presently in this wilderness before going into the promised land. 
And so just before God wanted them to go into the promised land, he told them to send a few scouts into the promised land to explore it and to see what it was like, and then to bring back a report to Moses and God's people. And so this is the report that the scouts brought back from Numbers 13. We went into the land to which you sent us, and it does flow with milk and honey, and here is its fruit. But the people who live there are powerful, and the cities are fortified and large. Now, as fear was beginning to rise in the hearts and minds of God's people that day, someone named Caleb spoke up. Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, we should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. But the men who had gone up with him said, we can't attack those people. They are stronger than we are, and they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored. And they said, the land we explored devours those living in it, and the people we saw there are of great size. We seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes, and we looked the same to them. Well, fear was escalating in the hearts and minds of God's people that night, and they shouted out and they wept. And some of them were saying that they wished they had died in, the, in Egypt. Others said they wished they had died in the wilderness earlier, at an earlier point in time. And some of them shouted out that they actually would prefer to go back to live as slaves, literally, in Egypt, rather than going into the promised land that God was calling them into. It seems like fear was um, getting in the way from them following into God's calling. And so some of the fears that we all experience um, are helpful and healthy. Uh, you know, fear is a natural and biological condition, and, and when we are feeling fearful, it triggers a strong physical response, which makes us faster and stronger when we're in danger. But at the same time as making us faster and stronger, it sometimes also diminishes our ability to think clearly. So did you notice some possible inconsistencies in the report that the scouts brought back to Moses? So first of all, they said it was a land flowing with milk and honey, and they brought back fruit. And that's such a contrast to what they were living in, because they were living in a desert at that time. And then just a little bit later, they said that the land devours those who live in it. You know, would the land really devour people living there? And then a short while later, they described themselves as being grasshoppers in comparison to the size of the people living in that land. You know, so might those be exaggerations, right? Or might they be signs that people were feeling afraid and maybe not thinking clearly and not making good decisions at that point? Sometimes fear can paralyze us, right? And make us afraid, feel afraid to go into new lands or new areas that God might be calling us to. Brene Brown, in one of her TED Talks, says that fear is a shared and common experience. She thinks that every person experiences fear in some form or another. And in that TED Talk, she also said that while we all experience fear, it's really good for us all to get to the point that even though we're experiencing fear, we can also, at the same time, be brave. And Desmond Tutu wrote something similar. He wrote, I learned that courage was not the absence of fear, but the triumph over it. 
You know, so how can we learn to be brave in the midst of fear that we're experiencing? And how can we learn to triumph over it? Dr. Derek Gladwin wrote a book, he's from UBC, and he wrote a book in 2021, which is entitled Rewriting Our Stories. And at the heart of this book, Dr. Gladwin explores our relationship to fear. He wrote that many of us have experiences of fear in our lives, and that these experiences and these fear stories really hold us back. In this book, he encouraged people to question the fear narratives that we tell ourselves, and to look at new stories, and then to reframe our stories around these newer ones. And this, this can be seen a little bit um, in, in scripture that we were looking at today. You know, one of, the, one of the powerful ways that we can learn about scripture is seeing pe- people's response throughout history and how we can apply that to our lives today. Because remember in Numbers 14, people were saying, if only we had died in Egypt or in this wilderness, why is the Lord bringing us to this land only to let us fall by the sword? Our wives and our children will be taken as plunder, and wouldn't it be better for us to go back to Egypt? You know, sometimes uh, fear involves us forgetting who God is and forgetting what he's done in the past. It's possible that God's people at this time were focusing a little bit too much on their own abilities rather than focusing on God and his abilities. And this led them to not want to follow in God's ways. And so when God's people were shouting out with all of this fear, it seems that they were forgetting about the amazing ways that God brought them out of Egypt. I'm not sure if you're familiar with the story, but when um, God brought his people out of slavery in Egypt, he did it so in very amazing and powerful ways. And there were signs, and there were plagues, and there was a parting of the sea so that people could walk through in safety, just like we were singing about in that last song. And yet it seems that God's people have forgotten about this only a short time later. It seems that they forgot about the powerful and amazing ways that God cared and provided for them. And so this led to an experience of fear. It led to a frail faith and an unwillingness for them to follow in God's ways. And so it would be, there's wisdom for us to deliberately try to to find ways to remember the way that God has worked in our lives in the past Uh, so that this can strengthen our faith and help us to reframe our stories within God's larger story. And so just like Dr. Gladwin said, if we can reframe our stories within God's story, that this can be really helpful and bring freedom uh, for us. About a month ago, my husband was in a fairly serious bike accident, and he was biking along West 6 in the Central Valley Greenway on his way to work. And that morning, I received a message from him on WhatsApp, and he wrote there, um, I'm at VGH, bike accident, shoulder. And that was the extent of his message. And so I was getting ready for work at the time, and I messaged him back with some questions, and he didn't respond. And so while I was making my way to the hospital, I was feeling some fear and anxiety, and there were a lot of thoughts going through my mind at that time. I was wondering if uh, he went there, he got to the hospital in an ambulance, or how he got there. I was wondering if he had a head injury. 
Um, and there was all sorts of fears and anxieties uh, escalating and rising in my heart at that, that morning. And when I got to the hospital, thankfully, he was conscious, and I found him there. And uh, we found out over the course of a few hours that he had a broken collarbone and a broken shoulder blade and seven broken ribs and a fractured vertebrae and uh, damage in his, one of his lungs. And so that was, uh, you know, very anxiety-producing, to say the least, for us. And, and um, over the course of those days, you know, it was, he stayed in the hospital for two days. Um, and then on the Saturday, so uh, obviously I was feeling some fear and anxiety through those few days. It was a little bit of a blur. But on the Saturday that week, like it's my usual rhythm, I was listening to this Pray As You Go app. And this, on the Saturday that I was listening to it, a few days after his accident, there was a guided prayer like they always do on Saturdays called a prayer of examine. And so during that prayer time, I was encouraged to, as I was listening to guided prayer, I was encouraged to breathe deeply. I was encouraged to focus on God's presence. I was encouraged to look back over the week and notice any tensions that I found or was noticing there. I was uh, encouraged to look back over the week and just see where God might be trying to direct my attention. And so while I was um, praying that prayer that day, there was a shift for me. And I was um, able to let go of some of the anxiety and fear that I was experiencing. And I was able, and God replaced that with a sense of calm. And so what was happening for me there is I was able, able to, as I was looking back over the week, I was able to reframe that experience within the larger story of God's love and care for me and my husband. And so in remembering God's work in the past, even in that past week, uh, my, my uh, faith was strengthened. And rather than having a central theme of fear that Saturday and in the days following, God replaced that with a central theme of faith in Him and trust in Him as well. So remembering God's work in our lives can be very helpful for us as we're seeking to overcome fear and find freedom from it. I have a friend who has suffered from a, ver a variety of um, ways uh, of ongoing fear and anxiety over the past 10 or 15 years to, to different degrees. And so before the pandemic, this is something that she struggled with a bit, but through the pandemic, it became really a lot worse. And so in the pandemic, there were times where she didn't want to go to work because of anxiety, and this was still a job that she really enjoyed, and prior to the pandemic, she thoroughly enjoyed it. And there were also days through the pandemic where she felt too much fear and anxiety to drive her teenagers to school or to support them in the ways that they needed her to. And so with the encouragement of her husband and some friends, she went back to see a professional counselor and she shared with me just one really simple strategy that she has found really helpful in her life um, at these days. And it's as simple as something being related to her diet, actually. Trudy Scott wrote a book called The Anti-Anxiety Food Solution. And in this book, Trudy Scott outlines the ways that the food that we eat are actually can affect the way that we feel. 
And in this book, Trudy Scott encourages people who are experiencing ongoing anxiety or fear to consider changing their diet. And to start with, she encourages people to avoid eating gluten, sugar, alcohol, caffeine, and processed foods. And what she says is if, if sometimes for people, a change of diet can actually lead to a sense of calmness. And she outlines different neurochemical research that shows for a significant percentage of the population that this can be a really helpful strategy. And this is true for my friends. So with the help of a counselor, with some support, some support from friends and family, she's been feeling, and by changing her diet, she's been feeling a lot better these days. And if you find yourself uh, struggling with ongoing feelings of anxiety or fear, I encourage you to talk to a pastor here, or talk to a life group leader, or a trusted friend, or, or maybe a counselor, or maybe a medical professional. This is not something that we need to go through alone. And so another way that we can also take steps towards enjoying freedom from fear are related to being very mindful of the voices that we listen to. Did you notice in scripture this uh, Caleb's voice? Remember, people around him were afraid and saying it was going to be too hard to move into the promised land that God was calling them to. And yet Caleb said, we should go and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. This is what he said, even though others were feeling very afraid. And so while others were feeling afraid, Caleb was able to maintain a strong faith in God, and then he voiced this towards other people. Someone I know is a very successful business consultant in the Lower Mainland, and he sends out an email each week with an article related to management or leadership, and I enjoy looking at these each week. And so partway through the pandemic in one of his articles, he mentioned that one of the most important things that he has learned through the pandemic is related to the importance of being mindful of the voices that we listen to. He said that in the pandemic, he has stopped listening to the news. He's not reading any articles or looking at any headlines or listening to anything at all in the news anymore. And he's decided that if something important happens in the world, that one of his friends or someone in his family will tell him about it. I know that he regularly looks to scripture to hear God's voice. He prays as well to listen to the spirit. And I know he also regularly worships on Sundays with his brothers and sisters in Christ so that he can hear their voices also pointing him towards God. And so there can, there can be so much wisdom for us to be very mindful of the voices that we listen to. You know, are we gonna listen to voices that promote fear? Or are we going to listen to voices like Caleb's voice, which help, us to, which help point us towards a stronger faith in God? And this is one of the reasons why we gather here together on Sundays in person. When we gather here on Sundays, one of the reasons why we do so is that we can hear God's voice speak life to us while we worship him, while we pray, and while we explore scripture together. And another reason why we gather to worship is so that we can hear the voices of our brothers and sisters also pointing us towards having a stronger faith in God. And so there are steps we can take 
to find, to find ways to be brave in the midst of fear. We can, there, one step is to be, take care of ourselves physically. Another step is to seek to deliberately remember the ways that God has taken care of us and provided for us in the past. And also to be very mindful of the voices that we listen to in the present. And another step that we can take to move towards freedom from fear is, to, is related to finding connection in Christ and to Christ. Throughout scripture, there are many places that God and Jesus invites us not to be afraid. In Matthew 28, Jesus says to his followers, do not be afraid. And in Isaiah 41, God says, so do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, and I will help you. And I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Also in 1 John 4, we read that perfect love drives out fear. So fear can lead to have us having a frail faith, and this is a common experience for many of us. But as we find connection with Christ and as we experience his love, we can move away from that fear and still be brave at the same time. We don't have to be like those children that I mentioned at the beginning of the message who are living in a very narrow circle due to fear. And so I wonder if you're experiencing any fear or anxiety in your life today. I wonder if you're feeling stuck in a job. And I wonder if you're feeling afraid to maybe go back to school so that you can move into a different line of work. Or if you're feeling afraid to apply for a new job because of the uncertainty of the unknown or a fear of failure. And if you're experiencing these kinds of fears tonight, can you also at the same time embrace that God might be calling you to a new path? Or if you're looking for a partner or a new friend, are you feeling afraid um, to take a step in that direction to meet someone new? Are you feeling afraid to put yourself out there on a dating app or taking other steps to meet people. Rejection can be painful. And if you're fearing rejection or afraid to take another step, can you also at the same time embrace that God might be calling you to something new? Or are you feeling fearful due to illness uh, and a fear of becoming ill or a fear that someone in your family or a loved one might become ill? And could that be compromising a sense of peace and well-being in your everyday life? And so if you're experiencing these fears or others, know that you're not alone. I'd like to read something to you that Henry Nouwen wrote in one of his books. When we can reach beyond our fears to the one who loves us, with the love that was there before we were born and will be there after we die, then oppression, persecution, and even death will not be able to take away our freedom. Once we have come to the deep inner knowledge, a knowledge more of the heart than of the mind, that we are born out of love and will die into love, 
that every part of our being is deeply rooted in love. And this love is our true father and our true mother. Then all forms of evil, illness, and death lose their final power over us. You know, may it be so. I'd like to invite you to pray together with me for a moment or two. And so I invite you to close your eyes if you like. Also, I invite you to set your arms on your lap, your forearms on your lap with your palms up. And if you are feeling any anxiety or fear today, I, I want you to imagine that they are sitting in your hands and I invite you to close your fists over them and hold them tightly. And at the same time that you might be clenching any fears or anxieties in your fists, at the same time can you direct your gaze towards Christ. To the one who says, do not be afraid. To our God who says, do not fear, I am with you. And with God's help, can you also open up your hands? And can you release any fears and anxieties into God's very strong and very capable hands? Living God, we look to you and we direct our gaze towards you tonight. We thank you that you tell us not to be afraid. We thank you that you are here with, with us tonight and every day of our lives. We pray, God, that each one here would experience your love, that you would surround us with your love. We pray that this perfect love would drive out fear, Lord God. We pray that you'd give each one here the freedom to see new paths if you have that for us. And we pray also, Lord God, that you'd give us strength and freedom to journey together towards new lands if this is what you're calling us to. And we pray all of this in the mighty and powerful name of Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen.